Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you a little question. Have you ever played sports? Whether it's tennis, baseball, or basketball, there are certain lines that are drawn that you must stay within if you truly want to win the game. If the ball goes outside of those boundaries, they are considered out of bounds because the game is restricted to a specific area. And this reminds me of the Christian life. You know, we have boundaries and restrictions that we need to follow if we're going to obey Jesus Christ, one of, the, uh, one of which is the use of sexuality. Colossians 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. To participate in sexual favors between two consenting people is to engage in fornication, and these activities were created by God to be used within the marriage bond between a man and his wife. It's a reward for those who have chosen to tie the knot and become joined with each other in the flesh for the rest of their lives. In a marriage, you're no longer twain, but you become one flesh joined together through a sexual relationship. In a marriage, God teaches that the bed is undefiled. Any sexual desire for things of this world can be fulfilled in a bedroom so that you can keep your spouse from committing fornication out in the world. And the sexual drive can be, at times, very powerful, but this is why your spouse is there. They are there to gratify your physical needs. I think in most cases, sexuality is a fairly small part of a marriage. I mean, if you're actually going to figure out how much time that you actually require each week to be satisfied. The rest of the time is spent raising your family or working and supporting your wife or your children's needs and enjoying one another's company. I've known many people in my life who got married only to find out during their honeymoon that their new wife had been abused repeatedly in their life by friends, relatives, or even their own dad. When the groom was excited to be with her on the first night, she had no desire sexually for, for him at all. She really didn't even want to be near uh, to be near him. And as sad as a situation like this may be for her and for other women who have undergone that kind of treatment, you really don't want to do this to somebody who wants to marry you. If they truly love you, they will remain by your side as your friend. A marriage goes a step beyond friendship because it has to do with sexuality and fulfilling earthly desires. When you enter into a marriage, a Christian marriage, you enter into an agreement and responsibility to sexually satisfy your spouse. This is why marriage was created, so that each of you could help one another to avoid fornication or sexual desires. When you cannot serve and satisfy your spouse in the bedroom, other things can happen. In a marriage, your body becomes a property of your spouse to be used for physical gratification in the bedroom. To deny them this is to deny them conjugal rights, which is to sin against the commandments of Christ. And my counsel to any woman who has undergone any type of sexual abuse uh, like this, to think about the man that you want to choose as your husband. A man is expecting certain things when they get married, and as a Christian, you're going to need to be there for him and vice versa. If you truly love him, it's unfair to deny him the things that he was hoping to have for the rest of his life, especially bringing on it, springing it on him during a honeymoon. It's a denial of why God created marriage in the first place. I completely understand that certain women have been hurt in their past, and my heart truly grieves for them, but if you're going to ch choose to be married, 
you must understand the expectations that are demanded of you, not only from your husband, but also from the teachings of Christ. Um, the hurt that you have experienced will only result in hurting your future husband, unless he is made aware of these things beforehand and chooses to marry you regardless. Some people claim that sexuality is inherently evil, but I have never believed that because it is something that has been created by God. The problem is that people have sexual relationships outside of the boundary of marriage, um, which is where it was meant to be used. Even a simple kiss can end up going in the uh, direction that you should not go. Certainly, you may have met a handsome beau or a pretty girlfriend, but physical relationships need to wait until you tie and decide to tie the knot with each other. And God will bless you for doing that. Not everybody is the same. Because some men, such as the Apostle Paul, chose to be a bachelor. If you have no sexual desire, then that's a good thing. And there's no need to be married. People can always remain friends. If people are looking for children, there are plenty of them in the church and in the world who need help and that you could adopt spiritually. Sexuality is a gift from God, but... It's meant to be used within the boundary of marriage between a man and his wife. Getting involved fornicating with others is not love. It's lust because it's a desire of the flesh. And God hates fornication so much that he'll punish it. Jude 1 verse 7 says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He destroyed many people who were... Uh, involved in the act of fornication, 1 Corinthians 10.8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Fornicators will not inherit God's kingdom, 1 Corinthians 6.9. Know ye, uh, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 says, Flee fornication, every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth, sinneth against his own body. Fornication, as I said, is it's not love. It's a work of the flesh and is the evidence of somebody who obeys their carnal nature. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Someone who professes to be a Christian and is involved with these deeds, you need to part ways with them. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 says, I wrote it to you in an epistle not to accompany with fornicators. And it's such a serious matter that it's not supposed to be named even once among believers of Christ. Ephesians 5, verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Jezebel is a woman who professes spirituality, but she is a fornicator, and God hates this sin. Revelation 2, 20-21, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach, and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Sexual sin is highly offensive to God, so, but I'm so thankful that he gives us a way to avoid temptation. 
marriage. Those who are going to make an attempt at living the Christian life need to make sure that you steer clear of fornication and those who are involved with it, because it is an act that is clearly out of bounds. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at TLKJBC.com. Or I suppose that you can find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.